It's making me so nervous. Now, I think. Hello? Can you hear me? I don't know. <laughs> Hello? 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 Okay, I think it's picking up. It looks like it. Just talk into the top of it. Always. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hi, people. Hi, people. <laughs> Podcasting. Back with Mackenzie for a part two. Mm-hmm. We definitely didn't try this before. Part 2.1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that ruined what I was just trying to. I know, but I think with. that you should be honest with your audience. Yeah. I guess they do probably value key. that out of me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, see, I don't even remember what we talked about on point out that much. I don't either. I feel like this is probably a good thing that we're re-recording. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the other one just kind of. Oh, you didn't like it. No, I did. I just think. Because I agree. I just think we rambled a little bit. I don't know. We jumped around a lot, <sighs> which isn't bad. I feel like you like that, like just kind of stream of consciousness. Like, yeah. Yeah. I always want you to have a plan. <laughs> Even though I don't think I'm a person that operates with a lot of plans. No, you just want the plans to be made for you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, I don't want to have to do any decision making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I did try to put some of the decision making on you. But you should feel safe in always knowing that you can just not do it, even if the time comes. Right. Um. However, we just learned that both of us re-listened to the first podcast we recorded. Yes. Which was the first ever episode of this podcast. Yes. I think I didn't listen to like the last five minutes, but I listened to most of it. I didn't listen to the last like 30. So you probably are okay. more well-informed than me. Okay. What did you think? General general thoughts. <sighs> there was so much. Um, there's a lot of ways I can I think talk about it I feel like I feel like those two people are very different than us now or at least for myself like I feel like I you know how infants grow at like an exponential rate yeah sorry I just got struck with like terror that your part isn't going to be picked up on this so I'm just gonna We'll keep this in the podcast. Okay. But I'm going to make sure that it's picking your your shit up. (laughs) So. Is it recording? Yes. Okay. After my minor episode of Panic. It's been like 30 minutes, guys. (laughs) It's been fun, though. Nice. I feel like we've really bonded. Uh Uh-huh. So, your impressions. Yeah, okay. I was saying, like, you know how infants, they grow at an exponential rate, like, when they're first born. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing that now, like, as a person. And so, oh. listening back to that podcast, I feel both the same. Like, I still feel, feel very attached to that person. But at the same time, I feel like I've changed a lot. And I also, it's nice because I think a lot of the times when I'm looking back on versions of myself or like photos of myself or videos of myself or whatever recording I feel sad for like whoever I'm watching like the version of me but this time I didn't like there was nothing that I wanted to like warn her about and that's nice although it wasn't that long ago um yeah but still that that was one thing um 
and also i feel like i guess i mean we knew each other like yeah then i mean you can tell from the conversation that we're we're still pretty close yeah but i feel like there was still like distance that was my biggest takeaway Mm -hmm. i felt like like i noticed it in how you were kind of i guess colder okay like your speech was colder and more calculated it felt like the whole time and mine and i was like excessively attending to you really i thought so okay or like was too not too nice but much nicer (laughs) than i would just be to you now okay i thought interesting i don't know if i thought about that so how do you think i was different then um i don't know i just felt like you were more like hesitant or like nervous maybe Mm. i'm probably just thinking of that point where you like said that you were yeah but i don't know i i do feel like there was just yeah more more distance than i feel like there is now yeah okay yeah as far as general takeaways Mm. and i feel like there were moments more so where like you would talk a lot and then i would talk a lot Mm. instead of more of a back and forth yeah yeah it is weird how that kind of evolves well and i feel like that comes out of both of us like wanting trying harder Mm -hmm. to be like a good friend or conversation partner in terms of like being more conscious of leaving space opening up for the other person Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool um so anything interesting been on your mind we just got you just got back from the break yeah so i feel like that's what i've been thinking about the most is just going home for the first time in a year because that's the last time i was there was last christmas and this one was so weirdly normal um which is nice um i feel like i had closer conversations with parts of my family Mm. um which i think is due to the fact that i like made a comment to them about feeling close to them but not like i knew them and not like they knew me Mm. um and then we i think that opened up some like deeper conversations that we wouldn't normally have yeah and also there was no i was thinking about this today and i sent my mom and my stepdad a note because i was so I don't know what the right word is like grateful for this Christmas because there were no fights at all like I can't think of one issue that arose and that to me is like astounding Mm. and so it was just it was so nicely normal and that's so rare for because the last time I saw them it ended in like a huge not catastrophe that's that's hyperbole but like fire and brimstone yeah that's awesome yeah it was really good it's exciting Mm, and i think a big part of it is that my stepdad isn't drinking Mm. my mom isn't drinking a lot and so that made things much more amicable that's awesome yeah that like makes me feel warm good (laughs) yeah last (sighs) podcast you had a hard time empathizing with me so did i yeah you kept saying that oh (laughs) 
I mentioned that. Yeah. But then you talked about how that's probably because you're bad at explaining things. And I think we should just go with that explanation a little bit more. Yeah. Although I think I was pretty good at explaining things last podcast. Mm. I don't know. I was. (laughs) We can have a verdict from the audience, hopefully. Yeah, go back and listen if you haven't. Yeah. Or if you have, just reach out to me. Yeah, Ben was doing most of the talking last time, so I don't think you really like got to know me. Not even true at all. (laughs) You also wouldn't introduce me. Like you didn't have anything to say. I ended up introducing you, which was like the best. Barely. It was a perfect introduction. I don't think you said anything. I called you cool. Like cool, weird. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. You love that. No, that's so insufferable. I can't imagine a better combination of words. Yeah, you. it's insufferable for you to hear yourself called that in a forum that's going to be listened to by other uh, people, but it doesn't mean you don't love hearing it. I don't know that those words necessarily... Like, I don't think those words really I love. Like, they're just kind of neutral to me. Okay. <laughs> um, what would you have wanted... Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't answer questions about myself. Exactly. (laughs) Because in my mind, like it's, I think it's hard for me to be very like honestly complimentary about myself because I don't want it to seem annoying. Like I don't, and I also don't want someone else listening to be like, that's wrong. Like that, why would you describe yeah. yourself that way? We talked about this on point O. Okay. I think. Like how Probably. it's hard to say, like, or maybe it was just a conversation we had, mm-hmm. but it's hard to say anything good about yourself mm-hmm. that someone might disagree with. Yeah. Yeah. Because also, like, I'm constantly, we've talked about this before, but constantly confused about... Like, I I go back and forth like a pendulum on how I'm perceived by other people. Like, Mm. sometimes I'm certain of of it and sometimes I'm not at all. And so I just don't like making any sort of assumption about it in general for fear that I'm completely like reading things wrong. Like, I just don't. I try not to assume what people are thinking or feeling. Cool. That seems good. Hmm. I don't know how else I would introduce you now. You don't have to. Like what? What? I, the interesting question, the question that I've asked almost everyone else when they come on the podcast, mm-hmm. is like, what things in your life would you pick out as part of an introduction of yourself? See, I think that's hard for me because I don't necessarily like. I can't think of things. Like, there's no like. Yeah. I feel like it's completely contextual. Yeah. And I I ne- I don't think my identity is very rooted in tangible things that you can say. That's why I like asking the question to other people. Mm-hmm. Because like you have to think about it because no one thinks of themselves as as the labels. I think they do though. I think people when they describe themselves they're like, "Oh, I'm a mom or i'm 
a student at this university studying this or they say their profession or I guess but what I feel they like love doing I feel like that's people who haven't like sat down and had the hard think about identity I don't know I think it's easier to say those things exactly but it's not more right yeah but I don't have those things to say same like there's yeah I don't know <laughs> I'm a boring person. I don't do a lot. Yeah. That yeah. seems right. <laughs> okay. I can try to introduce you if you'll try to introduce me. Okay. Now I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking my first thought went to like things. Like, oh, Ben is the host of <laughs> a podcast. Of this podcast. Yeah. Mm. yeah my i definitely go to traits Mm. because i feel like there's nothing like there's nothing specific for me that you can point to that i do i think like there's no labels for me that you could use so i think you would have to go to maybe more traits i guess but i feel like i would do that for anyone okay as well because when you see people you don't see what they do like i at least i feel like i don't see the labels yeah, unless you don't know them very well, and that's like how you mostly know them yeah. is by their labels. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. I'm thinking about certain things, but then as soon as I, there are certain traits mm-hmm. that I would call you, and this will fit perfectly with how you see the world. That okay. are opposites that would both fit you. Yes, very contradictory yeah mm-hmm. like cold and warm okay um calculating smart flowery <laughs> in certain ways <laughs> i like those yeah yeah i appreciate the contradictory ones you're welcome <laughs> Um, for you, I've said this before, but tenacious. Yeah. I like that word. Um, intelligent, analytical, Mm. um, patient, Mm. there was one that I, I had while I was like thinking through them and now I forget it. It's lost me. I can forgive you. Stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> still disagree with that um open mm. i would say um that's something we talked about on the first podcast openness versus vulnerability basically right i think that you can be pretty vulnerable though really? i think you try to be i do and that i can appreciate but i I think okay. a lot of people don't like I think a lot of people don't even realize that they're not mm. being vulnerable or even if they do they don't want to try mm. and I feel like it, I think it's a hard thing to do oh yeah mm. oh yeah and so it's admirable when I see it why thank you mm. <laughs> um yeah I was thinking about how vulnerable like 
openness becomes so easy because you can just learn to expand your bubble of mm-hmm. what fits basically of the boundary where vulnerability lies on the other side mm-hmm. um, so that you can be open with more. Um, but I feel like when I am vulnerable, I still like defend myself as okay. I am doing it. Okay. Like I always couch what I am saying mm-hmm. in some presentation of self-awareness about it. Okay. I think, I think I said this last time, but I always wonder if I know how to be vulnerable. You said this on point now. Yes. Um, because it's so hard for me and I don't know if I ever fully like lock into it. I think mm. I've, I get close, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I would be able to tell you what it necessarily feels like other than just like scary. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. Unbelievable. It's my father. Unbelievable. He's probably, let me silence my son. Yeah, he's, you think he's gonna bombard you? Not bombard me, but like twice, maybe. Okay. I feel like when I, I often cry when I'm vulnerable. With in front of other people. Y- yeah, I guess I don't really feel that vulnerable with myself. Hmm. I don't even know how I would describe that. I used to cry in front of people. Mm. I think a lot of the time if I was angry or frustrated, um, now I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about like the last time I cried. I think it was, it was a few months ago. Um, and not that I don't feel like I'm like blocked or like I'm resisting crying. Yeah. I just think it hasn't been the mode of like, releasing emotion that I've been like I think I cry if I need to mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I feel like I want to but it just is not like I just can't force it yeah um, so I get that hmm. so you said you've been rapidly changing like a toddler yeah elaborate um i think i've felt that way since like freshman year i just think i'm constantly evolving okay so it's Um, not like something that's ramped up relatively recently um i think it a little bit it's it's gotten like this year i feel like was more um was more transformative for me i think i struggled a lot this year especially at the beginning like honestly until like September it was a really hard year for me just I felt like I was fighting myself um I don't quite know why Mm. um but I'm grateful for it because I feel like the past few months have been really healthy and like good for me and it's like the the struggle with myself at the beginning of the year gave me the tools like that's how I learned the tools to 
um, be Jesus. in a more stable place now. Okay. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any insights from this battle that you could give our <laughs> listeners? Huh. It's a lot. I don't know. I feel like I learned so many things about myself that I... I've talked about this before, like how I think I'm a pretty self-aware person, but at the same time, that makes revelations that I have about myself a lot more shocking because I just, they're truly things that are the, like the most buried side of myself that I don't realize are true until they until i realize it like until they come to light and so those are always revelations that are kind of jarring for me i feel like i've had a lot of those this year um and also like this year we were talking about like contradictions yeah and i feel like that's probably the biggest lesson that i've learned this year is that and i said this in the last podcast because that was this year but two things that seem opposite or contradictory can be true at once and I think learning to be okay with that is something that I've struggled with and Mm. something that I've learned to balance and just like accept because I feel it all the time yeah Mm. that's cool it is very hard because you I feel like the instinct when you feel two contradictory things is to be at war with yourself yeah. and to need to fall on one side. Yeah. We're just wired to have certainty. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think like in my mind, I would tell myself like that's not normal. Like there's something wrong here. Like you shouldn't feel two things that are opposite at the same time. And it also makes you seem like a wishy-washy uh, insincere person but yeah it that's is just it is. how it is that makes sense mm. hmm. <laughs> i took notes oh on the first podcast okay Did I take notes? No, I didn't. Doubtful. Doubtful. I take notes all the time. My notes app is filled to the brim. I'm doubting that you would take notes on our podcast. Um, you mentioned, okay, this is an interesting one. You talked about how we are, you thought we're very antithetical. Mm-hmm. Still? Uh, No. I think that you've become more like me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe or yes maybe how so i because i think that you used to be much more like rational and concrete Mm. and now i think that you're not as much but i think i still am quite mm, ambiguous (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah yeah you definitely haven't swap places with me no um and i think you're more um 
I think you operate more in like the middle ground than you used to. Okay. Um. Yeah, and also like you, I feel like the first podcast you were very much in the phase where you were like, "I'm a sociopath," or <laughs> uh, <laughs> all relationships are transactional. Yeah. And I don't know that you. I've moved away from that. I think so. Okay. I feel like I brought up the idea fairly recently that I still might think I'm a sociopath. though. I'm rolling my eyes, everyone. <laughs> You're not a sociopath. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you now. Okay. I'm just saying, I feel like it was months after the first podcast that I still brought that up. That you thought you were? Yeah. Okay. I thought I might Yeah. Think. And I'm pretty sure I made fun of you for it still. <laughs> we examined. We did. Yeah. And I was like, that's not true. Well, okay. I, f- I want to explain to the listeners why I thought this might be <laughs> okay. the case. Basically, I was picking out this example of thinking about um, my friend Fernando, who was in New York at the time and was living a fairly miserable life of mm-hmm. working like 14-hour work days, not having much else to do besides that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how I cared about being a good supportive friend to him, but I f- felt like when I heard that he was doing poorly, I it didn't make me upset. It didn't make me sad. And so I th- and I kind of thought a lot of my relationships probably work that way, that mm. my emotions might not be reflected by the state of other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And... So I thought, okay, that must mean that I only care about myself and acting as a person who I think is doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So that must make me a sociopath. Right. Do you think you've changed on that a little if bit? If anything, it, I feel like I'm changing like my idea that that is a s- sociopathic. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people probably feel that way. Yeah. I don't, but... I know. <laughs> um, I guess... Mm, it's like maybe to strangers. Um, but I think sometimes when strangers are upset, it makes me feel upset too. But not all the time. Okay. But when your friends are upset, it definitely makes you feel mm-hmm. upset. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I guess I don't feel like I haven't been examining this much recently. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. I'm still I'm still embarrassed at this idea that I've become more like you. Why? It gives you too much power. <sighs> you constantly you always are like thinking about power dynamics. <laughs> They're Am I always? You bring it up. I have brought it up. Yeah. When's the last time I brought it up? I don't know. Exactly. Right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just never think about it. Okay. Maybe subconsciously. Um, Maybe I think maybe my actions are aware of it, possibly. Mm. Um, But I, yeah, I don't ever think about it in my in my relationships. Like who who has the most power i don't <laughs> the way you said that was so high horse i don't really think about it in my relationships i hate that 
Um, yeah, I've, I have, I don't know. I've spent, I've probably been like paying attention to power dynamics since middle school. Mm. So particularly like within my own friend groups, they okay. felt very important to be, to be cognizant of. Okay. I think I want to say I'm similar but not necessarily, I didn't think of it with the word, like, power. Like, I think I was cognizant of, like, who has the most influence and who okay. is the most valued. But I I wouldn't have used the word power, I don't think. Okay. So that does bring us more on the same level. Here. Yeah. Like, I think I wanted to be, like, influential. Like, I wanted to be able to move people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that's always been exciting to me being able to have an effect on other people yeah mm-hmm. I but everyone. i like it um i would like to be like quietly memorable yes. as opposed to forcefully i agree yeah mm. like i want people I feel like that's almost a view of wanting it to happen out of love rather than, like, fear. Yeah. Hmm. That makes me wonder, like, if someone were to describe you as intimidating, do you like that or do you not? I think I do want that to an extent. Okay. Has anyone ever described you as intimidating? I don't know. I don't know. Unlike I have done with you earlier in this podcast, I don't often ask people to openly <laughs> describe me. Okay. I love it. When they do? Yeah, I like to see how people perceive me because I'm constantly doubting it. Yeah, of course. Um, so any concrete... It's a weird dichotomy of like desperately wanting it, but also it seeming like it's the worst thing to ask someone to do. I never think that. Really? Mm-mm. Because I think of it, like, the way I feel about it is it, it always feels like such a, a gift to me. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it feels like someone's giving me something really nice when they tell me how they perceive me, even if it is negative. So I am always willing to do it for other people as well. I think a lot of, like, for birthdays, like, notes that I write to other people are a lot about how I perceive them and how they make me think about the world oh i sorry i i agree mm-hmm. with everything you're saying i meant like what's scary what feels wrong to me at least is to ask yeah. people for it well i'm saying i don't feel that because okay. um because i think of it as something really great but do you think doesn't that i feel like that almost proves the point like wouldn't it be weird to just ask someone to give you a gift mm. This metaphor doesn't translate, though, because it's not the same thing as asking someone to give you gifts. I feel like it is. I don't know, because I think it's readily there. True. Like someone, all they only have to tell you. Yes, but I... S- I guess it still feels like... It feels like payment, in a way. Like I'm requesting you to pay me. And I, I think, well, the real reason that I feel uncomfortable with it is because it feels so reassurance seeking and i'm scared Mm. of 
showing people a need for that i don't i don't think i'm ever curious about it for reassurance more so just the information like yeah because again i don't have any solid foundation Mm. for how people perceive me and so any data that i can gather on it is like just that objective like data entry like again even something negative i'll be grateful for i think i agree with that Mm. but i still think about the perception of it being like someone rolling their eyes and be like really you need me to tell you exactly what i think of you can't you just trust me Mm, but what do you mean trust me like i I, okay go ahead (laughs) explain yourself i'm just saying i think the perception like the assumption if someone were to ask or if i were to ask someone for that i would assume that they were going to think that i was doing it in seeking reassurance that's never crossed my mind so i just don't think i don't worry about it and i don't think other people think that when i do it and also a lot of the time it's an exchange Mm. so it's usually like in a group or even one one by one or like if it's two people or a group yeah um it's usually like we go around and tell each other our perceptions of ourselves so it's not like it's like a an emotional orgy sure <laughs> but except it's not it doesn't have to be like a pleasurable thing right because sometimes people will say things that you don't like yeah but i f- i feel like even if they do it is simply the fact that people are presenting knowledge of you like presenting okay. evidence that they have paid attention to yeah. you is enough ego stroking yeah it's it is really great yeah exactly mm-hmm. so that's kind of one of the things that my family and i did or i this time around i like went on a walk one day and asked if anyone wanted to go with me my younger sister kylie did and she's 12 she's in seventh grade and so she can kind of like we can have conversations now like she's more of a person mm-hmm. um which is really great and it took a long time but <laughs> we're there now and we were just talking about like her life her friends how she feels about her life um and it was really nice um and then we got back home and my mother and my um younger brother demi were in the kitchen and we just kind of started exchanging like the conversation kind of continued with them and it struck me because i feel like i don't give them enough credit for seeing me and i think Mm. that they do now um and that was really (sighs) nice to see but also it felt kind of sad for some reason i don't know like we went kylie posed that we all go around and like the four of us say the thing we like the most about each other and the thing that we don't um and i feel like 
I don't know, a lot of what they said was how I feel about myself, but to hear them say it was kind of sad. I don't know. Like, hmm. I feel like that would make it seem like the way you see yourself is very negative. No. Like one of the things my my sister Kylie for the thing that she I don't even think it was like dislikes most but just I guess that's how the question was posed but she said she like demonstrated with her hand she said that like I'm up here and then that other people like she thinks other people are down here and that's something I really struggle with because I hear that from people a lot and that's the one perception that others have of me that I can't root in the way that I consciously present myself like I think all other perceptions that people have of me that I hear I can kind of rationalize in the way that I act in the way that I in the way that I purposely present myself but that's one thing that I don't emotionally connect with and so it always upsets me when I hear it you know what's funny Hmm. this is also a takeaway i had when listening to the first podcast Hmm. in terms of how you treated me really no not Hmm. i think i would describe it as like you're so gentle Mm mm-hmm when you're trying to be good to someone mm-hmm. that it is like you are treating them like a child and it makes like it it honestly made sense to me as i listened back to it because i was like yeah with what i'm saying in some ways i feel like that's like it makes sense that i would be responded to in that way but i hate that i just don't ever want like i'm never i don't ever feel like better than other people or like i yeah i don't know it's never something that ever goes through my mind i never feel more intelligent than other people and i don't ever want to like patronize let me ask you this do you feel do you ever feel like a responsibility almost when you're holding someone's words or their thoughts their feelings um I think I feel more like I want I think I want to try and hold space for people like hold their emotions as gently as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I would want people to do that for me. Yeah. I think that is just clear. That motivation. And maybe the reason that it then looks like you're up here and everyone else is down here mm. is because you don't you don't put yourself in a place where they can hold you too. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that makes sense. Mm. But it's a pretty not terrible worst thing. No, it's not. And that's another thing is like, and this is also hard for me to say because I, it is something that feels like complimentary and I don't like 
this is a perfect example of like you about to do something vulnerable this is how i would present something vulnerable as well okay like one of this wasn't this was before we started the like best and worst thing but my mom was talking about how like out of all of her children like she can't think of anything bad about me like that i do Mm. um because not that i don't have anything negative about me or any issues but it's that i don't let them touch other people yeah and so i think it feels like all of my other siblings are more outwardly passionate and sensitive yeah um and so they will get into arguments and will you know um, make little like remarks about people and like just start things and i'm like if they're upset they'll like it'll it'll affect people around them Mm -hmm. and i guess i just haven't that's just not how i deal with things um but i think at the same time i think like my mom sees that as like something better but i still think in analyzing it that it's unfair to both parties yeah um yeah yeah not to insult you but like (laughs) (laughs) um like maybe a little self-righteous i don't think that's the motivation that's also like i'm afraid that it comes across that way yeah because uh it's just how I learned to deal with hard things when I was younger because I perceived like in my my home environment that to put your to like have any sort of personal feeling or opinion or anything and to like put it out there into the world provides like something to be like punished for or like picked on and so to like not to just be a blank slate yes is much safer yeah and so i just never wanted that's my that's like my core is like i don't want to be a burden like that's my biggest that's the thing that like motivates yeah so much of my behavior um and i it does sound self-righteous like when i say it out loud but that's just it feels scary to to be a person i don't know no i think that makes a ton of sense yeah but it upsets me that like it can come across as like kylie said me being up here and people being down here because i don't i would never want anyone to think that i think that i'm better than them because i felt like inferior so much of my life and i still feel that sometimes and it's like the worst feeling in the world hmm. i feel like I, I i i feel the same way often in terms mm-hmm. of not wanting to burden people with myself um i think this is one of the things that's hard because it, it's it's one of the things that i've just had to accept requires balance and that I can't come to a hard conclusion on. Um, but the reason, I guess, the reason 
motivates me to put more out there mm-hmm. that could potentially be burdensome is knowing like how much safer and closer to someone it makes me feel if they do that for me yeah um and also i guess more strategically almost okay is knowing that likely someone else is only gonna do it if i start yeah that's just never been uh my experience because I think a lot of people have opened up to me regardless if I do in return. Mm. And so that's made it easy for me to remain a closed off person yeah. while still feeling like I can connect with other people. Mm. It's because people will have opened up to me before. Mm-hmm. Which is almost like... Um, I feel like enabling. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like you were given a cheat code. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, one of the things that like I've been thinking about too was what my mom said for like the worst thing about me or like the dislike was um that she wishes that I was more like open and affectionate because she said that I was when I was like really young yeah and I feel like because I feel detached to like the person I used to be yeah um and so it was just hard to hear that she also feels that same detachment from me. Because, hmm. like, I wish I could give that to her. I don't know. Like, I was her firstborn daughter and really, like, loved and close to her and affectionate. Um, and so I feel like that's probably a loss to her. Yeah. Do you think you know how? to regain to give affection to someone who you want to give it to no (laughs) um i think i do with words uh is the easiest thing for me and so i've tried to do that more because i think i used to never ever do that Mm. i think it used to be hard for me to be vulnerable even in like a complimentary way um with anyone and so now like I'm really I feel like I'm really grateful for like the friends and family that I have and the people that I love and I don't want them to ever think that I'm not and so I try to um be that way with words like that's why I sent a message to my mom and my stepdad today about being like really happy about the way that Christmas went because I thought that and I thought that it would be nice to tell them that yeah that is good don't think i can say this in a way that won't immediately sound invalidating okay but i do i think it's easiest with words with written words specifically yes it is because it's distant yeah i was thinking about this today um i was like walking home 
And I was thinking about how, and this is another contradictory thing that I just have to um, accept at this moment in time, is that I like intimacy from a distance. And that sounds completely... Uh, contradictory contradictory but it's true mm. um yeah do you want to elaborate so someone who like i don't know who would think this but who would have trouble putting those two together um what do you mean yeah i mean i i like so i don't like getting receiving like validation or compliments or um anything like affectionate to my face like it's hard for me but if it's like yeah if it's if Basically it's it has to be written yeah if it's a message or like i don't know what what else it would be like a voicemail yeah um yeah that's <laughs> is it just because or like with like gifts or something okay um because you don't know how to react yeah it just feels and you also feel compelled to react in like a very affectionate way back to someone and that's a lot of pressure yeah like i don't want them to misread my reaction mm. um as like i'm not like i don't um feel it or like i don't appreciate like what's been set it's just so uncomfortable for me i don't i don't know why okay like affection is something i struggle with yeah mm -hmm. well something we talked about on the first podcast mm -hmm. as well was how you often manufacture yes. facial expressions yes to validate people yes. essentially so i guess does it feel connected to that same feeling yes okay um yeah it feels like i need to perform for yeah the person but is um, that all of it i feel like there's something else in terms of receiving direct affection it's just I, we can try to break it down <laughs> um it is the name of the podcast because i haven't it's, it's something i haven't really gone through mm. um and the way that i feel like i go through things if i'm feeling it like intensely i'll like write about it and like break it down yeah that way um but again it's harder for me to do so uh off the cuff like in front of another person yeah uh but i don't know i think that there's there's something there where i feel like I feel like there's no right way for me to react. Um, like, I think that if I accept a compliment, that's wrong. And I feel like if I don't accept it, it's wrong. And I feel like, I think there's a part of me that feels um, like maybe I don't deserve it. And I don't okay. want someone to, like, see me working through that. Working through? Like, real time. Like, I don't want someone to see that, like, that might be that my reaction. Do you think it would be ostensible? 
don't know. I think... I, just, I think there's a lot of layers to it that I just don't realize are there. Don't realize or don't want to talk about? I think don't realize... See, because if that's the case, then I just want to keep going. And that means that if we ask ask the right questions, then we get to the answers. Okay. Um, hmm. So. It feels embarrassing. Like it, like that's like immediately my reaction is like embarrassment. Yeah. Because again, I, I also like don't like direct attention and affection. Mm. And so that's my like predominant feeling and so that also feels wrong because i don't want to express that but that's like my immediate like visceral reaction is dislike yeah okay so someone comes up to you Uh uh-huh says something affectionate Uh uh-huh and it's just like disgust (laughs) a little bit okay but 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 mixed with like <laughs> because i like compliments of course um so it's it's all mixed together but it is like uh don't do that <laughs> is it i feel like so i would expect so much for it to be in not knowing at least this is probably coming from projection in not knowing how to handle it mhm and so uh, so it's like an anxiety that comes from the pressure of being in a position where now you have to handle it. Yes. And where I can't do it on my own. Like my handling of it has to be observed by other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and also like, I think something that I just kind of mm, downloaded in my mind uh, when I was younger was that like, compliments and affection are manipulative Mm. so that it also feels like there's some it's it's that's not the end thing like the compliment has other like i don't know like i motivations yeah yeah do you know why that was programmed in i think i think just that's just how i observed the world like that's Mm. just what i felt yeah going like in my family in the school that i went to yeah um yeah Um, my mind went to a few places Mm. um you haven't seen House before, have you? No. Um, I've definitely asked you that before. You've but talked about it. Haley's seen it. I'm in love. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I guess I understand affection or compliments mm-hmm. largely to be that way as well. And I, I feel like I kind of group general politeness mm-hmm. into that boat. Mm-hmm. Um as either either meaningless 
for having meaning beyond just the compliment, mm-hmm. just the words. Yeah. Um, which I feel like makes me. act in the exact opposite way like i feel like it becomes easy to to mock Mm -hmm. so instead i like to be faux nasty yeah because it's like if the compliment is meaningless then the nastiness is meaningless right but then on the other side like it means if i can juxtapose true like affection Mm -hmm. with that Mm -hmm then that's how I can maximize the meaning of it. Right. Um, but I also feel like it has made me better at accepting compliments, okay. I guess, and like distinguishing between meaningful words mm-hmm. and meaningless words mm-hmm. i had more of a point to land on than this but we'll start there just drop the mic <laughs> podcast um, over yeah i don't think i in the same way in that you're not aspect. okay <laughs> um yeah <laughs> i don't know what else to say on but that. does being more just feeling like you're more aware of like the problems that you have with receiving affection. Do you feel like that can help at all? Um, I'm at the point right now where I don't know because I feel like I'm at the point where I'm realizing all of the issues I have with them and, uh, like uncovering them. I feel Mm. like that's a big thing for me this year. So I don't, I don't know yet what the end result of that is. Yeah. But I do think that I there are a lot of people in my life who are self-aware, but that doesn't do anything to change their behavior. And so I think I would have to consciously try and change it. To not become one of those people. To to change like how I receive affection. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just to make it more specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Makes sense. Mm. I feel like... Yeah, pe- I mean... People, everyone generally has to do that. Mm-hmm. I think something that has not been on my mind recently, but that I've thought about a lot is... um Oftentimes, self-awareness, I wouldn't say can feel useless, but mm-hmm. does feel like it, um, like it doesn't have to change anything yeah. about what you're doing. And I, f- yeah. it feels like a shield just to be self-aware is like you can, if you're aware of problematic behavior, then it doesn't matter that you do it. Yeah. You can point it out to people and they'll be like, oh they realize that what they're doing is a bad thing and that means that they're going to change it. I feel like people take that next step um, for other people and assuming that they're going to change their behavior because they can specifically call it out. Mm. And that's not true. Yeah, or they're just more forgiving 
of yeah. someone who's self-aware. Yeah. It bothers me so much. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've had a scenario for it to bother me. Mm. I feel like all of the adults in my life are, are like growing up are like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess a lot of people our age seem that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cool. <laughs> I feel like my th- the thought that I just had was like, I don't know a lot of people our age. Do I? I don't know. I don't know how, like, what to compare that to. I don't think you have many friends, so. I don't. Yeah, that would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Next. I don't know. Okay. Um... This is less bantery than the point out. Okay. I feel yeah. like you might have something up. I don't think so. No. I think um It's almost like a tone of voice thing I feel like I'm noticing with you. I think that last time I think I go through um like very short phases where I'm more mm, I don't know how to describe it. Um where maybe I'm more connected to a like calmer more like rooted part of myself I don't know if that makes any sense Mm. Um, as opposed to being more um, like I think more airy yeah uh, is like how I'm feeling now yeah but still like rooted to like a more expansive part of myself as opposed to like a more specific like personality you lost me i know i don't know how to <laughs> explain it um, a more expansive part of yourself rather than a specific personality like i'm trying i think um like for ex- I'm, i just got back um i was gonna say i just got home from home although i i suppose dallas isn't it's not really home anymore but it's you know where i'm from and so i think that in order to mm, like I think I just need to give myself more grace when I am leaving Dallas um, because I think it just mm, this is one of the things that are hard to describe with words Mm, let me think about it I feel like when I'm in one place for a long time, like Boston, um, which is what I would call home currently, um, by myself, I, I feel more like a specific person. And I think I can get lost in like specific, in a... <laughs> This is so hard. I don't know how to describe it. Like in the minutia of everyday life. And I think okay. I get kind of farther away from a more um, 
yeah expansive self like a more mm, like who I feel like I am just on a soul level I don't know I hate I hate using terminology like that because it because I think it makes people like tune out I don't know but like okay so going back to Dallas yeah I am so aware of myself all at once like I'm aware of my past my present and my future like in such a all-encompassing way like Mm. it feels just like the only way yeah I can think to describe it is like a more expansive self because it's such a hard environment for me to be in because I don't know like that's where I grew up and that's where I suffered a lot there and I feel like yeah it just makes me it's it's just very visceral for me Mm. um and so I need to be very cognizant and present so that I don't get lost or spiral okay still very abstract so it's okay i'm just gonna try to pin down so okay do you feel like it's more intense when you're there there it comes a point where it is so i was thinking about this um when i first arrived there i feel happy to be there and I feel happy to be with my family because I love them and it feel I forget like why I don't like it there and it feels like the way I conceptualize it in my mind is going to an alternate planet and I have a oxygen tank to support my life there mm. but as the days start to go on, the oxygen starts to run out. And then I'm on a planet that is not conducive to support my life. And so near the end of it, it feels, I start, I get these sudden feelings of just all encompassing like mental, physical, emotional nausea that just wash over me. And I feel like I need to, like I need to get out. Okay. Interesting. And a part of this is that like one of the things, one of the times that I felt this, um, like the onset of it was that I visited um, some of my friends from high school um, and I was hanging out with them and it was really great. Like I loved seeing them. It was really fun. But they were talking a lot about like people that I went to high school with and like what they're doing now in their lives. And part of that like nausea that I felt was, it seems like their lives are all decided and just done. And like all of their decisions are made, like their lives are quote unquote figured out. And, and in my mind, 
I don't know why, but it feels like all that's left to do is for that to erode. And I think that I'm afraid of that happening to me. Like Dallas feels like a place that is both an origin point um, that is very um, wide open and expansive in terms of like, I can go anywhere from here. Like I, I feel like it's a very good it was a very good starting point for me, but if I stay too long, I'm going to rot. And that feeling is mm. like so yeah, visceral for me. Yeah, and when you go back, it's like now I, c- I could start rotting again Yeah. while I'm here. Yeah, and like there, like especially when I was in high school, I dreamed, I daydreamed, daydreamt, daydreamed. They dreamt probably imagined like a lot like I imagined very like vivid rich futures for myself mm. which was both mm, like I'm grateful that my mind was able to do that like I was able to see a ton of different avenues for myself and believe that I could have any one of them which I think is empowering. Yeah. But at the same time, those dreams were founded upon like survival. Like I needed them in order to survive there. Okay. And so they, f- when I go back there, there's something, and I'm such, I said this last time, I'm such a visual person and Dallas is so, I was thinking about this like flat and the sky is so like open and there are like a lot of, um, highways and roads that I can just in my mind imagine leading to anywhere and so it feels very like I can go anywhere from here like this is so awesome Mm. but at the same time it feels very oppressive um like those like those like like it was a place that I was stuck once and so while I could imagine all of these futures, I could never. It's like you're being laughed at by a god. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I'm, I think I'm afraid of being stuck there again. Hmm. Um, but also, like I was thinking about it, and I'm so grateful for having a place like that. Because while I suffered a lot there, it holds that suffering. So I can leave it there. Like I can go there and revisit it and remember it. Like remember um, just growing up, like yeah. what made me into the person that I am. But I'm also able to leave it. And that's something that I'm very grateful for. And you're grateful to the place. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's a, that's a you thing. Like you're able to leave it there. And that's super Yeah, but the place holds it. Like, the place hold like, where, whereas maybe I was once stuck there, like, shackled there. Like, just having to, like, see, like, all the world before me. Now, it's like I've shed that skin. Hmm. um, And now that's there. Like, that's the only thing that is held there is that residual suffering. And so, I'm, I'm grateful that I have... A place that can do that yeah that makes sense yeah is there any way we can connect that back to being 
more yeah i forget how you described it um i was using a bunch of like (laughs) i was using a bunch of adjectives like expansive yes expansive zoomed out is what i was thinking yeah zoomed out (laughs) (laughs) Um, i feel like i have to be in order to deal with all of that like i need to really zoom out and allow it allow myself to feel everything and process it okay because if i get too zoomed in on like specific things Mm -hmm. then i just don't feel like a complete person and that's another reason i'm always so grateful for going back okay because it allows me to zoom out and that's how i like to exist the most okay this is a conversation i want to have okay um zoomed out versus zoomed in Mm mm-hmm we talked about this last time too. Did we? The it's it's similar to me from the room, like or like the really. Oh yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It is kind of similar. Um, I've been thinking about this. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in the opposite boat as you. Like you want to be zoomed in. Yeah. Okay. Maybe who knows? Maybe I'll s- continue to convert into you. But okay. <laughs> I feel like when I one thing I I've noticed when I I feel like zooming being zoomed out is what makes it harder to be present because there is such weight of my ego mm. and my ego is taking up like it's almost impossible to take up any less than 60% of the image of the moment when you're zoomed out yeah when i'm zoomed because zoomed in to me feels like losing myself in something right and if i'm losing like when i say losing myself it's like losing my ego okay like i can lose myself even in like sorry i feel like communication can sometimes be the perfect balance Mm -hmm. but even in a conversation i feel like i can lose myself in it even though so much of what i'm saying is coming out of myself so i feel the opposite in that i don't want to lose myself why because i feel detached from myself like whereas maybe you feel more like zoomed into who you are as a person when you're like having a conversation with people i don't know if that's true i don't know um like i feel like i lose myself when i'm not fully mm, holding my entire self like i think if i zoom in on things i kind of detach and like go onto autopilot um yeah whereas if i'm in a more expansive world i feel like i can dissolve into it but i'm not losing myself i'm still a part of it but i'm like i'm holding all of it at once okay that's where you need to be more descriptive i think Mm. Maybe ask me questions. So, 
conversation is probably not the best example. I feel like watching a movie is a really good example. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, and we kind of talked about this a little bit recently. Mm-hmm. I like being immersed. Mm-hmm. At, like that's what feels like losing myself into the movie. Yeah. Like I no longer exist and only what is happening in the world on the screen mm-hmm. is my reality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is like it is that level of focus and immersion Mm -hmm. that when applied to anything Mm -hmm. enables me to connect with those things and Mm -hmm. feel the most yeah from them so for me i don't want to lose myself i don't want to be like for me to be I guess immersed for lack of a better word um, or like really connected to the world um, really like feel like everything is connected together I have to be aware of myself fully like I this is another contradictory thing where like I need to feel like a whole being that is a tiny part of a giant world um like separate but together at the same time because I think that's what existence is like I know um, a lot of spiritual teachings you I feel like a lot of them um, want you to forget yourself Um, but I think that that's kind of not only almost impossible but it also doesn't feel right because I'm existing as a human being like as a like that and an ego is a part of that like who I am as a person is a part of that existence and I think that I can recognize like that I am my own whole thing that's also a part of a larger thing I think I'm kind of with you okay but like uh this is do you know um because i went to a religious high school and so in order to describe like the holy trinity which is the father the son and the holy spirit because a lot of the things that people have um, trouble with is um acknowledging that the father the son and the holy spirit are all at once god Mm -hmm. and so it's like three three like separate identities in one whole uh, like three parts to a whole yeah and i feel like that's how i think about life in like when i when it's zoomed out did that make it m- worse no <laughs> okay i don't know i feel like i'm close but i i don't know maybe once again, this is something that I will not be able to r- relate on or yeah. empathize on. It's not even, I, I guess. Spirituality feels like one way to look at it, but I think the more digestible way is mm-hmm. just to think of it in terms of attention. Okay. And I think, I don't know, attention, I. I think about in a couple ways like biologically 
we are pr- we pretty much only have one cone of attention mm-hmm. that we can put on something but mm-hmm. we can put that cone of attention on something at like a more we can widen the the circle yeah of that cone so that we are aware of more of the moment mm-hmm. than just one particular thing yeah or we can narrow it yeah so i guess my my point is that if to have awareness mm-hmm. of yourself in the entirety of the enormous world mm-hmm. you're in which to me i feel like is just the moment mm-hmm. and the what is observable in the moment to you mm-hmm. you are necessarily less focused on anything that's not how i experience it i think it makes me more sharply attuned to things like um i'm sure i've talked about this before i don't think it was on the first podcast but it might have been but it's like i think a lot of the time when i lose myself in more specific things it's because i'm it's like i'm just further receded within myself like i'm not fully there like i am like my eyes are windows at the end of a long hall and i'm all the way at the back of it whereas when i'm when i feel like i'm more i'm zoomed out like when i'm a part of like a bigger whole i feel more at the forefront more on the surface yes i feel more on the surface yeah like my i'm at the window okay because again that's i would describe myself as feeling more on the surface when i am more immersed in something Mm -hmm. that's just not how i feel Hmm. see this is this is where i struggle in conversation just generally okay i can't i true like i don't believe yeah that we have this fundamentally different of lived experience Uh uh-huh so i know (laughs) there is commonality here and i like it bothers me to not reach it with our words you don't think that we can have very different because i believe it Like, I believe that you feel more um, present, like, at the forefront of your existence, like, on the surface, Mm -hmm. in more specific things, like having a conversation. But I, I go under the surface. Like, I detach. And that's fundamentally opposite. So I don't know how you can reconcile those two. Like maybe there are other things. There are things that possibly make you go under the surface, make you detached, make you go on autopilot. Maybe that's where we can find a commonality, but it's different things. Fine. Unless you don't feel that (laughs) over. But that's like something I really struggle with. Oh, I definitely feel that. It's like my but, default. But I, I almost, it's it's almost like the order is switched for me. Like, 
was I about to say? Like, um, so I can, I would root it in like, like, so fear mm-hmm. sends me beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And then once I am beneath the surface, mm-hmm. I am. I wouldn't even say that I still I feel like the small person in the big world at that point. No. I'm the giant person in a tiny room. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But I'm also a giant person in a tiny room when I'm at the surface. Mm-mm. And that's what you're not. Mm-hmm. And the only times... I basic I feel like the only times that I am the small person in a big room mm-hmm. is when I when I'm hmm I I guess when I it's just any when I'm not particularly engaged mm-hmm. in anything Mm-hmm. besides attention to the awareness of the room okay um and again i think I've, i'm past a point where i'm making a point now but you're just describing your experience exactly yeah i think um as what i was thinking about like as you were explaining that was yeah trying to explain it how i see it like visually and how i feel it yeah and i'm more zoomed out Mm -hmm. or no under the surface when i'm more under the surface what i see visually and like feel is literally i'm like receded within my physical body like Mm. that's how it feels like the edges of my body are like dark black walls like closing in on me so it feels very suffocating yeah like it feels like I'm in a room, like a very small room and I'm like a like big thing within it. Yeah. Whereas where I'm, when I'm on the surface, I'm at the edges, like I'm at the edges of my being. So they're not walls anymore. Like they're me, like I'm fully inhabiting my body. And so what's around me is this giant expansive world is like the entire world. And so it's not the, there's no, boundaries that i can see that are constricting me like i'm no longer constricting myself does that make sense i think so okay like um I think so. imagine like a person like a person's body like a sh- the shell of a person the shell of a person yeah and you're s- inside of it like you're stuck inside of it yeah that's like a room yep okay and so the the walls of that room are what's constricting me. Yeah. Whereas when I am more expansive, yeah. it's like I'm that person. I'm no longer inside of it. I'm fully, like everything's in unison. I'm fully inhabiting it. Mm-hmm. And so the the edges of that person's being are no longer what's constricting me because they're mine. Like I'm... You can control them. I'm in control of okay, them. So and so what's around me is the entire 
expansive world universe whatever so only the laws of the universe then which are no i don't even think about it like the laws of the universe or anything it's more just like what i i'm no i'm no longer seeing like there's no longer constrictions in my mind of like a like being there's just no constrictions like it's just wide open space okay i think i i get you i think part of where my disconnect lies is Mm -hmm. when i go beneath the surface Mm -hmm. i still feel like i am in control of my body it's almost like i've now become and I, i i'm not and I know this isn't what you're like. You're not saying that you're not in control of your body. You don't get paralyzed when you go beneath the surface. No, but I, I, I am on autopilot though. So I'm not, ra- I'm not consciously controlling it. Okay. I, I feel that way as well. Okay. I think it's like, except I guess what it more is like, is there is a little a tiny man inside me mm-hmm. that has woken up mm-hmm. and is pulling the levers mm-hmm. to control what I do. Mm-hmm. And it's not me controlling what mm-hmm. I do, but this almost leads me into a whole different thing Okay. about control and yeah. like, or freedom. Okay more so because I guess I guess I can how do I say this it's like when I'm when I'm on the surface basically when I'm safe okay like I do have freedom to just like you're saying interact with the whole wide world yes um but i don't think that that doesn't necessarily feel good to me like it's it's like when immersing myself in something by consciously giving up that freedom to give myself to the thing that is what makes me feel good i feel the opposite i feel the exact opposite Like, I love the feeling of that expansive, like, freedom. Mm. Like, the fact that I, like, the notion that I could make any decision, that I could, like, move any person, that I could say or do one thing and have it affect something else is endlessly fascinating and exhilarating to me Mm. and sometimes scary um, because that means also like you could hurt people Um, maybe what makes maybe what's hard for me is I don't know. I feel like I'm getting distant from the metaphor as I think about this. Okay. Because if anything, it's like there, even if I feel aware Mm -hmm. and present, Mm -hmm. 
and on the surface. Mm-hmm. The my freedom. I guess often feels like it doesn't do that much for me. Like I need a like I'm <sighs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll just cut that conversation completely okay. short at the bathroom break. There was where would you cut it though? It was so. It literally, I, I could have struggled on that for the next three hours. Okay. Yeah, we don't need to do that. Yeah, we can do that another time. Okay. What's next? <laughs> I, I'm gonna check my notes. I can check for what we talked about before, hmm. but I can also just check ab- about. Let me check my notes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I've been writing just more, more notes recently um oh actually this this did make me think of you a little bit Hmm. um so the context here um and i guess i mentioned this to you at one point i've i've been spending more time doing nothing Mm -hmm. partly to raise my awareness Mm -hmm. but the realization i had yesterday is that a large part of it is because of this judgment or even hatred that i have developed okay for my basically others driven motivations okay like doing things for others like how others will perceive it in some way Mm -hmm. at some level okay what's been difficult Mm -hmm. is the realization that almost anything i do is that way unless it's a distraction from feeling that way and so in not wanting to distract myself and not wanting to act out of the need to pander for others' love and attention. Okay. I've been left doing nothing. Oh, okay. A lot of the time. And simply trying to be present with nothingness. Do you think that it's one or the other, though? What do you mean? Like, do you think either you're acting for others' love or attention or you're doing nothing? almost entirely i've like if anything i feel like in the past few days this idea that some occasionally cannot be that mm-hmm. bleeds in okay um like occasionally i have just been enjoying playing the piano okay in a way that usually oftentimes in the past when i have thought about playing the piano mm-hmm it i feel like i cut the legs out from under the idea because it feels like the idea only comes to my mind as something that would be like 
something that I would only be driven to do because it might be impressive to other people. Yeah. A lot of times, even just the idea of doing things, period. Yeah. Feels like it's only for other people. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't like how this is about to sound, but in a, in a way, I wonder if that's just like a depressive symptom almost and that the things don't feel enjoyable to myself necessarily Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of the time or I'll just get I'll get frustrated or it'll be difficult to accept that there is like there is nothing that I have any interest in doing Mm -hmm. and so then when there's nothing I have interest in doing, the only ideas for things to do that do come up are either for other people or distractions. Okay. Um, and I think that's where part of the hatred comes in too. Yeah. I think the part that strikes me as possibly depressive is that you don't have any interest in doing anything Mm. um i'm wondering if you can conceive of other people doing things that aren't for other people like can you conceive of other people's lives being um having things within them that they do for themselves yes okay but it but for you it's I feel like I feel like it's about like the point of decision. Mhm. So I guess but again even with these times I'm describing of recently playing piano. Mhm. It's not there. So yes, I can conceive that people do things just because they enjoy them themselves. Yeah. Um I think a lot of the time it's very entwined, intertwined. Like the the desire to do things for other people can go hand in hand with doing something because you want to do it as well. I think m- both motivations can uh, exist within the same thing. I agree with that. Um. And I think that's almost a sweet spot because I think that if you are hard on yourself for wanting to do things because of how other people will see them it will maybe make you not want to do anything yeah that, that is what i was describing okay <laughs> yeah um because that's how we are hmm. that's how people are i don't know i think a lot of the things that i do i it's m- it's more unconscious um i think about how it will make others see me yeah um, like how i can seem better yeah exactly and i feel like that was like my whole life in high school was like wanting to be better yeah mm. but not now i think i've gotten away from it like i i, I think in high school, I built 
this image of an ideal self like every action that I did was to build that and like for other people to look at me in a positive way and like me and I think that made like I was oppressive that idea of myself was so oppressive to me it was like a like I was a tyrant to my own self um and I think that that's no longer like I'm no longer warring with myself I feel like I'm more um in collaboration okay okay yeah because I I I don't think like but there's and I this is I feel going away from the point but I I struggle with um conceptualizing myself in general because I'm constantly afraid that it will become tyrannical again. Like I'm constantly mm. afraid that any sort of concept of a better self will be oppressive and by comparison make me loathe who I am in the present. I have been getting onto that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But I, I love conceptualizing things and I... I've just accepted an idea of, uh, like, if I ever conceptualize a better, quote-unquote, self, it still feels like that person is present within me now. Like, it's not some sort of, it's not something I have to reach. Um, it's, It's a self that does exist currently, and it... Simply needs to be expressed it huh simply needs to be expressed yeah and i i i conceptualize that person taking care of other parts of myself that i get mm-hmm. hmm. and that's when i feel that's what i've been doing this year i feel like that's a part like something that i've learned to do is if i if i'm like holding myself i don't know like having that like that would i would say is the more expansive self like having that hold my suffering and like my any pain that i feel or discomfort or anxiety or just yeah uh, holding it instead of it spilling out everywhere and like hmm taking over me okay that makes sense i guess i just feel like oftentimes there is like part of that shadow self or something that simply does take hold over me like okay. it does demand presence mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. yeah uh i can relate to that and i think that part of myself used to make me small like that that 
would make me like the recede within myself um and overtake me like that would be like all that i am yes um in any given moment and i feel like that would breed a lot of like shame and like cycles of shame that i would like fluctuate between um and i feel like i've learned this year how to like I feel like the denying of that presence was almost what made it like worse, if that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> okay. No, th- I think that does make sense. I guess I don't I don't feel like I deny it. Okay. If anything I I give it too much power over me. Yeah. Um. But that's like what don't you think like me when I say denying it, I mean like hating it, like feeling shame for it, like not wanting it to be a part of myself, not wanting to act on it. That would make it like lash out and like completely overtake me. I guess I feel like I I do act on it, but acting on it usually shuts me down. Mm -hmm. It's I don't. I don't know. Again, maybe this is just uh, where we're. I get off track of what you're saying based okay. on differences and how we're abstracting this. Yeah. But it doesn't like it feels invalidating mm-hmm. of what I am doing a lot of the time. But it feels different than shame. Okay. Like I know shame is when I feel like I'm doing something wrong, mm-hmm. but this pipes in when I'm doing things that I don't know maybe it is maybe it's just that the things I'm doing aren't right enough and so that's when it pipes up anyways because like I think about what I'll be doing when this voice comes in or this feeling um, and they're not like activities that i judge myself for yeah rather it's just the idea that it's not it's still not good enough okay i think we're on this a similar page here i think so because for me when things like this pipe up it's more like when i feel uh good and like mm, healthy or like expansive like that voice like they that part of myself will try to ruin it Hmm. like it will try to ruin the good things okay because it doesn't feel like i i think there's a part of me that doesn't feel like i deserve them and like they're going to be ruined anyway so i might as well do it myself and so there's like a battle that i wage in my mind between like listening to that and just like between uh, fully uh, going with that, like f- like just stopping what you do, like shutting down. Yeah, like ruining that. things. Yeah. Um, or just because uh, that like sometimes that voice will like freak me out mm-hmm. because I think that its presence in and of itself is will make ruin inevitable. Uh, but I feel mm. like I've learned to 
not have that uh, catastrophizing mindset okay. and just listen to that voice. Be like, okay, like acknowledge it and then keep on living. Yeah. Okay. I think. Okay. Curious. Mm. Do you feel like you hear the voice more when you're alone or when you're with people? So this is interesting because I I would say when I'm alone, because I'm more fully myself, like I'm more fully present when I'm alone. Whereas with other people, um, when with other people, a lot of the time I am more under the surface, like not fully present. I'm more on autopilot. And so it's not as it's not as um noticeable because it just inserts itself automatically if that makes sense like there's no thinking about it like it's just it's just there okay like when i'm not present it'll like there's i it, i don't give myself the chance to catch it because i'm not conscious like i'm not fully present like there's no netting to like sift through my thoughts okay it just like i'll just act on it without realizing it i see i see okay um but i guess go ahead but then if i'm present if i'm present with people yeah um which i feel like i've been gotten better at yeah uh there will be moments where like I just think I just need to take breaks um, and kind of like come back to myself and like check in with myself and sometimes I'll get hit with like that feeling like that like shadow part of myself like very intensely like those thoughts Mm. Um, and so that can be very intense and that's like i i feel it very presently okay but i think that makes sense i ask because i feel it almost entirely alone okay and i think that's because um i'm never i'm never asking the is this right enough question when i'm with other people okay um but i guess i mean going back to the broader point of of what to do with it like how to Mm -hmm. handle it how to work with it Mm -hmm. i feel like that is It's difficult because um, it's invalidating in a way, and this is this is a typical thing to say. Okay. But just because it 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 feels very correct, like the feeling, the like it feels right. Yes, the rationale of the invalidation. Okay. <laughs> is right okay um Mm -hmm. 
And again, yeah, it just leaves. I never feel that. Okay. It uh, it just leaves me doing to do nothing a lot of the time. Mm. My my instinct when I feel it, um, that feels like the instinct that I that feels like the best way to handle it is to feel it through fully like to sit with it and allow it and not distract myself from it Mm. and just feel it and realize that it can come and go yeah i that makes sense i think and i hate to say this but i think i'm just i'm not great at that because i think i'm not either when i try to feel something through it just fuels thought loops which keeps it around much longer i think it's just something that's trial and error yeah yeah and time which is always frustrating to me like how much time uh just makes things okay but also okay yes Uh, it's gonna sound (laughs) like i just steamrolled you but um i feel like a part of the problem is that if this feeling comes and stops me from like if if i sit with it and it kind of stops me in my tracks a little bit from what i'm doing Mm -hmm. if i do sit with it and it passes there is no guarantee that i have any desire to continue doing what i was doing or anything else once it's passed Uh uh-huh and i think that frustrates me because it Mm. still it leaves me back in the trap of like okay i'm gonna sit around for a little bit longer i think that's just a separate issue yeah perhaps whatever (laughs) (laughs) next (laughs) you're saying next so much more nervously this time on part one she was like next let's go come on because i'm a different version of myself yes of course Last time it was all about being performative. We talked about that a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. Keep the mic up to your mouth when you talk. We talked about being performative a lot. What do we talk about? Perf- about performativeness. Um, I don't remember the details specifically. Uh, I think just how, for me, it feels like every interaction that I have with a, with another person feels performative. Okay. Like, uh, I'm unsure that uh, complete authenticity is possible in front of when you're being perceived by another person. Okay. I I don't remember talking about that. And I hate to say that because Mm. you're still wrong about your point that I don't remember our conversations as well as you do. Um, Yeah, I'm probably not correct. Yeah, totally (laughs) incorrect. Some things, though, I feel like I remember more. I don't think so. Okay. Um. See, but we even if we were talking about performativeness, mm. I don't think you were being. It didn't seem like you were being performative. Maybe you were. Maybe you were to try to have more fun. I, th- I, I just think. I just think that when you're aware that you're being perceived by another person, you're going to act differently than if you weren't. Yes, but I think it's a matter of how much it's in your conscience. 
it's I think it's I think that's something I've always struggled with is like that's a big thing for me yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I think I'm the opposite okay that's nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but only when I'm comfortable again it's like my my immersion or mm-hmm. my presence in something is enabled or disabled by the presence of fear I think I'm always like I I think this is where I trap myself in the behaviors that I've constructed like just growing up is that like fear fuels a lot of my behaviors yeah so like so being performative to me is a way is fueled by fear as a way to feel safer yeah so it i forgot where i was going with that that's okay like it it I don't know. I thought about it when you were, when you said something like it spurred my train of thought, like the end of that. (laughs) And now I can't, I can't access it. All right. Hopefully it'll come back. (laughs) Um, no, but I, like I, that general point that fear makes you do things that make you feel safer. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely with you there. Yeah. Which is why not having fear makes me feel not performative, even though I'm probably yes. appearing or like acting in a way that people would generally perceive more as performative. Okay. I think it's like the opposite happens. Okay. I think I, okay. I think I have it. I have it like as a vague feeling. All right. You can do it. Okay. So the performativeness is fueled by fear. Check. Right. And your thing is like when you feel safe, you don't feel performative. Yes. But for me, like the way that I trap myself is that to not be performative feels unsafe. So even if I'm in an environment that I feel is safe, to not perform will make me feel afraid. So it's constant. Like there's, I just can't win. There's no way out. Yeah. And I have so many things like that. Which is why like everything feels difficult. Yeah. Like, I I need, I'm going to need to suffer in order to heal a lot of the behaviors that I have. Mm. Suffer in terms of, like, be ways that will make you very fearful. Yes. Still. Yeah. Which is hard to accept. Yeah, I've 
same. I so often try to almost, I, s- I don't know if trick myself is the way to say it, mm-hmm. but circumvent the issue by mm-hmm. by tricking myself into thinking about things in a way that I am not fearful of them mm-hmm. and then doing them. Okay. Um, but that doesn't help. I'm trying to think if I if I do that, yeah, I feel like some things I can't do that with. And then other things I think like, I think I'm a, um, chill person. Mm. Uh, like I, th- I think a lot of maybe more intense situations I can deal with very well because I'm great in my mind at making things feel like seem okay. okay. If that makes sense great in your mind at making things seem okay mm-hmm. which makes you chill insert in like in high intensity situations or maybe more bothersome situations okay i i feel like i'm it's hard to make me bothered mm. because yeah my brain is great at making things seem okay even when they maybe are not okay that which is another like sense. defense mechanism yeah <laughs> yeah yeah And I, sometimes I like take pride in that and I don't know if that's a good thing. You take pride in like being able to control your perception of an environment almost. Yeah. And able, like, I I think I take pride in being okay in in, in situations that aren't. Hmm. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Like maybe it makes me complacent. Okay. Yeah, I think I get that. To me, that connects with the idea of of accepting the discomfort of something mm-hmm. rather than using it as fuel. And that can stretch to, like, to anything. I guess when you say, like, feeling okay in situations that aren't okay, mm-hmm. my mind goes to situations with other people where there's conflict. Okay. Maybe that's not what you were going for. Yeah. But um, I think about it very much on like on an internal level is mm-hmm. like thinking of things internally mm-hmm. that I might be dissatisfied with. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, okay, now I can use this desire to simply feel my dissatisfaction and be okay with it as an excuse not to do the thing okay but i might just be jumping around right now i don't know if that connected at all i i feel that sometimes Uh, i think more so for me it's in situations that i can't necessarily control that i'm in yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't know. I guess just conflict, adaptability, like management. Mm. I don't know. But it's it's like a lot of the time I'm not. It's not. Um, like I'm not. 
adapting to a conflict in a way that allows me to take control of it or I guess that in a way allows me to like have some semblance of control for it but it's not like I'm then managing the conflict I'm just adapting to it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but in the process not trying to solve it right because I feel like okay well I don't have any control over this so the only thing I can do is accept it yeah Mm -hmm. so over conflicts that you can exert some influence over Mm -hmm. do you feel like you do or do you do the same tactic i i think i do more so now like like with my family in really conflicting um situations i think i'm very much the mediator Mm. um like i feel more objective and i think that the way that i can speak to them allows them to maybe see the situation more clearly or understand um what's happening like what they're doing Mm. um kind of maybe calm them down yeah that's good yeah (laughs) you're a hero I'm not at all. I actually get very cold. Mm. You're an anti-hero. Sure. That's better. Yeah. I like being an anti-hero. Yeah. Although even as I said that, I'm like, am I? Maybe I just want to think that. That you are? Or mm-hmm. that you like being one? That you would like being one? No, I would like being one. But that yeah. I'm ne- as cold as I think I am. Oh. Uh, because like last like last or this summer Mm. when um, my family was visiting here and it ended in like a big conflict I was kind of mediating and like talking to my stepdad who was very much like worked up um, and angry and upset and he was very um, like verbally aggressive and um, mean and ridiculing and I said to him like i something about how like i know that this situation makes you sad like it's sad it's really like and he got emotional like when i pointed that out and it made me emotional too because like it made me sad to think that he was in pain too yeah that doesn't seem very cold no Yep. Next. Did I say that with more pep? Next. Yeah. <laughs> Rapid Good fire. Good job. <laughs> Lightning round. Lightning round. Which you proposed on point oh. Yeah, I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. That you one of those other things that you like in theory mm-hmm. that wouldn't work in practice. Because you wouldn't actually <laughs> answer them <laughs> yeah, off the cuff. That's true. Yeah. Story of my life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that checks out. Um, what do you think about this? Uh, I agree. All right, I'm glad we got that one out of the way. Mm-hmm. The audience won't know. Yeah. It's a secret. 
sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, audience. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I guess I've been I've been writing more notes just as this is again a perfect example of when I'm like more I guess almost engaged in the processes that my mind is going through yeah like I I feel like I find more interesting things in there so I feel like I've been writing just snippets of words I do that too should we go through our notes we could let me actually see what's in there okay like i wrote out of my feelings erupt avalanches of words (laughs) tumbling through my mind (laughs) (laughs) um hmm, groceries (laughs) of course i can't just be self-aware i have to call attention to it so everyone else knows i'm self-aware Perhaps the reason brilliant people often struggle so much is that living life the quote-unquote right way feels so boring. But then, of course, the solution lies in the description of the problem. Simply realizing how not boring any way of living life is as long as you pay attention. That one's good. I like that one. I'll put like a Mackenzie check mark on it. Mm, this relates to what I said earlier. It is often in attempting to step back and watch my thoughts from a safe distance that I instead thrust myself into their gravity. Which one do you think is more correct? What do you mean? Like which version of looking at your thought or experiencing your thoughts? I don't think there's a more correct. <laughs> Hmm. It's taking a long time to find one. I'm just looking at like what I've written. Can you read any of it? Um, we've kind of already talked about um hmm. some of it. Like one of. Like, uh, we've kind of talked about this already, but like, in terms of thinking about your, how you're perceived by other people, I feel like a lot of it has to do with comparison to others. Mm. And that's something that I have no foundation for. Like, I don't know how to compare myself to others in the sense that there's no like mm, standard that I can pinpoint on any topic where like I could confidently place myself like really yeah well because there are some things that there are just numbers for like what money Okay. I think that's a very common All one. All right. Well, that's like tangible. Or like social media followers. That's which is tan- also Those are tangible things. Yes. Yeah. I mean like intelligence. Mm. 
Okay, so if you were to try to compare your, your intelligence to someone else's, mm-hmm. you don't know kind of what pieces of evidence you would want to pick out in your mind to do so. Yeah, and it's not, like, I never, like, something, um, like, okay, something I wrote is, like, the most gracious comparison I, ex- I extend to myself is that maybe I think about things different than some people. As opposed to, like, better. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I just don't think I know how to place myself, like, among my peers. Hmm. And I both like that mm-hmm. um, because I hate comparing comparing myself to other people because I always feel inferior. But it's also confusing. Yeah, it does feel like you're missing something. Hmm. See, I feel like I feel like comparisons to other people generally have nothing to do with how I actually am relative to them and my mind is I mean again this is a pretty basic idea but my mind is just an ego pumping machine so whatever I already think I Mm. filter in all of the evidence and perspectives I can and this is all automatic right to solidify those ideas i don't think my brain does that because the way that i feel about myself when i'm alone Mm. is so self-contained and whole but when i but when i start thinking about it in terms of other people around me in terms of like me being like a part of like a greater group of people Mm. that's all up in the air and i have no i like i just don't know like how yeah how how to compare myself okay what about okay i think like this is an interesting something like looks okay no idea really really no yes no because looks have a clear objective component sure relatively but also it's so subjective but still you want me to rate myself no okay i mean maybe that could be good content Mm-mm. but I like but I do think you could do it and I think you could objectively rate other people. but okay see that's the thing is like so like in comparison to other girls for example mm-hmm. I find most of them really cute and pretty so like I don't I don't know how to place myself when I'm alone I think, like, I can look in the mirror and be like, oh, like, I like the way that I look. Like, I think I look pretty. I think I look cute. Whatever. 
But as soon as I start thinking about it among other people, I'm constantly like ping pong balling to different assumptions. Interesting. And there's no like set thing. Like I think if I had to generally say, I would like ab- above average. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but I like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like okay. that's so vague. You're like, but that's quickly. <laughs> that's how it feels. <laughs> like, myself. yeah. But, but then. But if you're above average. Mm hmm. But then I don't that think means the majority. I know, which I don't feel. Okay. But okay. at the same time, like. You don't feel like the majority of the people look better than you either. Or do you? No, I don't okay. think so. Okay. S- no. But I don't think that I look better than the majority of people. Well, you can't have both of those be true. Mm. (laughs) See, this is where it's tricky because like I'm looking at this scale. Mm -hmm. And the scale is like in my mind still separate from like being around, like actually thinking about people. Does that make sense? No. Hmm. Like, it's so faceless. The scale is. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of seems like... So, if we're trying to... We need to bring the specific... Oh, I don't like this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm... I'm just... I just propose for you to think, like, think about specific people. And, like, mm-hmm. where might you place them on the scale? Ooh. Okay. Like, do you feel like you could do that? Based on my subjective opinion, yes. Okay. But do you have belief that your subjective opinion is also based on some level of objective foundations? Because you agree with me that there is an objective component here with looks. Yes. I think it's murky, but yes. Like, I think... So that's where... Mike... That's where things like get tricky for me because like (laughs) there's a difference between like general and specific with this conversation. Elaborate. Mm. Like the scale to me is extremely general. Okay. Like I think generally I would be above average probably okay but then when I think of like that's like specifics like narrowing down okay like it's hard for me to compare myself like me versus this person me versus this person Mm -hmm. me that versus this person that's when it's like my whole perception is like blown out of the water are okay what about which like i can't like i just don't do that you don't compare yourself to individuals to specific people no okay that we can get to but i'm is there any specific person you can think about and confidently put on either side of you on the scale Mm. (laughs) 
No. Even. Like I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to think of like friends. Even famous. Oh. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, famous people are all like higher than me. All, not all. You're telling me you can't think of a single famous person you would put lower than you? Um, Melissa McCarthy. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't, so I don't. So you can. Sure. Okay. Is it, so then but is like, it almost is like. But like, is that because she's. Portrayed that way. Uh-huh. So then you still feel like you might not be able to separate your perspective of people. Mm-hmm from your idea of how they look right because that would explain why you can't put any of your friends anyone you know on either side of you okay yeah i guess that's just strange to me okay because i can do it with every single person i know easily really yeah i can't i'm sure i maybe if you pushed me but i Mm, it's, it's just, uncomfortable yeah I, we don't have to do it on I, here. I don't want to do it either. i don't want to do it Rank <laughs> yeah. everyone you know right now <laughs> give everyone so so you so you like compare to yourself to points. like all of your friends and like know where you fall in terms of attractiveness i, it, I don't really think about it like that it's just okay. like if i think about it okay with one person at a time okay i know where i think i stand relative to that person and you just I know which side of the scale you I just I'm know on. that with all of yeah I know how I feel okay. I know whether I think it is the case or not okay interesting although like uh, like for me my perception of myself when I'm only thinking of myself is is nice like I am content with myself and the way that I look but that all like goes just up in the air when I have to think about it in terms of other people. Because it feels like it's their decision now. Okay. Interesting. See, I, I'm i with you for the former and then not with you for the latter. Okay. And it's, like, hard to talk about. Yeah, why? I don't know. Like, it feels like... Yeah, I don't know. Self. Like, it feels like I'm not allowed to be self-detrimental de- and I'm not allowed to be yeah. um, self-complimentary. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine something like we talked about earlier, how it's scarier to be self-complimentary. Mm-hmm. Your look's probably the riskiest thing to be self-complimentary exactly. about. And the most, like, tied up in Vain. ego. Yeah. And... Um, and like, I mean, this isn't like we've talked about this a lot, but like where I grew up, it's very important. Yeah. Um, and so it's like it feels very. Um, yeah, just scary to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Because it because it has so much importance yes. like in the back of my mind. Totally. That to be like, no, you're an ogre. <laughs> would be like like i'd have to kill myself (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not allowed to be alive like there's no worth for me as a person Uh, yeah i'd agree with that Mm -hmm. 
I think with something with other things like like intelligence though where I I don't really know like where I could even draw any objective foundation from Mm -hmm. I used to compare myself more to other people Mm -hmm. whereas now it's really hard for me to like like most people I some people I can still figure out where they lie on the scale on either side of me Mm -hmm. but most people a lot of people it's just like their intellect has gone towards something else okay and so they know a lot more than me about some things and i know a lot more about than them about some things and we talked about this on point oh as well we were talking about what intelligence was yes and how it's like a way of thinking well the way that i feel about intelligence i feel like is similar to the way i've started to feel about beauty is that there are many different types so it's hard to pin it down Mm. okay like didn't we talk about like social emotional Mm -hmm. okay yeah i think i would agree with that i really hope this is picking up my voice (laughs) i'll be so upset if it's not yeah and it's re- and it's recording. Yeah. Good. <laughs> he checks. Yeah, it's recording. <laughs> okay. Um. Or maybe I'll just sabotage it, so we'll have to do this again. Mm-hmm. Or we could just start our own podcast. I don't know if I could commit to that. Fuck you. Sorry. And like. Things like intelligence and beauty, to continue this point, Mm. I think for me, um, like there, it is so distinct between like how I feel about myself, like a contained way versus when I'm a person in the world. Like it is so much decided by each person, like by what each person tells me. Mm -hmm. Like if someone thinks I'm stupid then like to them I'm stupid Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's so subjective like that I can see that I guess that's when I like and and at that point like I wonder if it's just a numbers game right like how many people uh uh-huh think you're what what's the weight the average right opinions like the who tells you like how many people tell you you're smart how many people tell you you're intelligent how many people tell you you're ugly how many people tell you but does any opinion matter but your own sometimes it feels that way yeah Hmm. it it varies like when i'm i try to remain like self-contained so that only my opinion matters but at the same time, like I am a person in the world. And so the way that other people perceive me does affect the way that I exist. Yeah. And like am a part of the world. And that's constantly something that I struggle with. Th- that's where I feel like that makes sense. For me, I feel like that's where insecurity becomes like needs to be introduced as a variable into the equation. Because okay. for me, I think we 
talked about something like this before. Another person's opinion of what I am will only matter if I have insecurity about that mm. particular way that I am. Okay. That varies for me. But I think like I'm at a point where I'm more stable in how I view myself. Mm. Like I think I can take other people's opinions and feel okay about them. Okay. So you're more secure. Right? Yeah. But at the same time though, like it's one thing to hear negative opinions and take them to heart. But I think also like hearing positive opinions is harder to to view them neutrally like negative opinions i'm actively trying to neutralize like negative opinions i just don't want them to be a factor at all but positive opinions i struggle with not wanting them to remain positive if that makes sense interesting yeah you want to live up to someone's beliefs about you or yeah i want them to be true whereas uh, negative opinions i don't want them to be true mm. but you can't have you can't have both i mean right like <laughs> like it like it's hard it's hard to hear positive opinions and hold them to be true and then hear negative opinions and say that they're not true does that make sense that's where i think i disagree well not necessarily on the positive negative split but where like the opinions that match my ego right feel true right and those that don't don't right okay and i feel like i want them all to be neutral okay but it's hard for me to neutralize positive opinions. But to me, that that almost that is neutrality. Like maybe there's more feeling that is generated within me mm -hmm. when people say things that align with how I feel about myself because they feel true. But I guess the the point is they're neutral because nothing is changing how I feel about myself besides okay. pumping my ego up a little bit bigger exactly <laughs> but it's just solidifying points that are already there which maybe is like not even just maybe which is problematic in its own way mm -hmm. because i think that's how i feel about like it that's the problem like you want to be able to give as much value to opinions that clash with your view of yourself mm -hmm. as those that don't yeah i just don't want them to matter at all I, any of them okay well maybe as you if you continue to become less human <laughs> mm -hmm. hmm. pondering yeah 
just everything is so wrapped up together like you can't compartmentalize things really when it comes to your personhood Mm. explain give me an example give me something specific you were talking before about how you like specific conversations um what did you say before like before you before i said that and you asked me that i said explain no before that uh (laughs) yeah before that you said something that like made me say that and it made me think of like how everything is so wrapped up together though that you can't what you can't oh is it well what we were talking about is how the opinions you hear that line up with your ego Mm -hmm. solidify it which is problematic in and of itself because you would prefer that yes each had equal weight and you said that you would prefer that they all had no weight yes but i don't know if i said anything else you did it's okay um I, i just think like it's hard to like i think you mm, can't compartmentalize different facets of yourself um especially because like i feel like the <laughs> i feel like the different ways that you are like the different facets of yourself are all wrapped up together in terms of how people perceive you like other people don't like compartmentalize things about yourself like it's all kind of like you come as a full package and one influences the other i don't know about that i think even if one does influence the other i think people can compartmentalize things about you also i still want you to be specific i don't know Mm. i don't know i think i can I can think very differently about someone's physicality and their intelligence and their creativity and Are you sure? Yeah. I feel like even if certain aspects, I mean, again, it's hard to use words for something so abstract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think there's overlap. Mm Mm-hmm. But even if, like, part of what, even if smart is part of charisma, mm-hmm. I feel like I can still look just at charisma and account for the part of smart that is contributing for to charisma and account for anything else that might be contributing to it. Mm. But I think, like, all of these traits are so precarious because they all lean on each other so you take one away and others go away and like charisma might go away will go away if you take smart away but other but if you leave all the other facets of charisma they'll still be there but take smart away and charisma's no longer there so i think everything's just so precariously tied together that's fair but i do you need to have this kind of I don't I don't remember what the word is. Um Do you to like analyze people like that? Do you need to 
be able to think of what they would be if certain things were tweaked or taken away because i feel like for me no that's what i'm saying like it's all wrapped into one so you don't think about it compartmentalized you think of them as the whole thing well i i see the whole thing Mm -hmm. and i feel like i can see the different parts of it yeah and even though i don't know what would happen Mm -hmm. if one of the parts was taken out Mm -hmm. i still feel like as it is together right now, I can see the thing clearly with the parts. Okay. I do think I think about like, like if there, like if there is a person that's charming, if I think about like taking out a certain aspect, like if they're also attractive, Mm. if I take out that, are they still charming? Yeah. Like that's, those are things that I think about. Yeah. And so I think it's hard like, I think, yeah, it's hard to, I don't know. Like, everything is so dependent it's hard on to everything like, else. You're, you're saying, like, it's hard to say someone is charming because you don't know if they're like why? charming or if they're just attractive. Right. But I... Th- or, but is that, does that matter? I don't like, think it matters. Is the attractiveness... The a like the attractiveness if the attractiveness is a part of the charm then they're just charming exactly that's Mm. what i think (laughs) i don't know that's where like i struggle though because i think like with things like intelligence or looks there's so much morality like wrapped up in it yeah that it feels wrong to me oh i'm sure yeah i get that so i think it should just all be neutral whether someone is smart or attractive mm-hmm. or dumb or ugly. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I feel like I'm losing what the point. Like, like you can you can say that that humans and society should put no value judgments on anything, but the fact of the matter is we're here and mm-hmm. we do. You that's know? true, that's true. I think it just bothers me how much, like. We're not all viewed as equal. Yeah. And like certain things can change. Others. Like really drastically. Like certain traits have more weight than Uh, others. Like I think kindness. Yeah. Isn't something that matters as much to other people in terms of likability. Yeah. As like attractiveness intelligence charm well see to me where this gets interesting is realizing how much this is based on like and this gets less i don't know it's interesting but maybe less fun to talk about Mm. capitalism okay because it's just what sells yeah and brains and sex sell yeah 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 that's true yeah but like Is it the way that we're wired? Yeah, chicken and egg. Right. Um, mm, I just it yeah. It well, I guess me. like that's capitalism, but I I think. I think maybe it's like. I guess, evolution is what determined what was important. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I think that still just tends to have dominion 
in terms of what we see as important. Yeah. And kindness has never. I mean, honestly, it's a marvel that kindness is something valued at all. Yeah. Which is so depressing. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I feel like it's impressive. Like, that we've developed enough that we can value something that... Or that we, we have given value as far as our survival to something that is so naturally disadvantageous. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But... Mm, but at the same time, like... I feel like there are two sides to like every like intelligence. Yeah. I think causes a lot of suffering for people. Yes. And so I wouldn't necessarily call it, I guess evolutionarily it's advantageous. Yeah. But now it's just kind of sometimes it can. Sometimes it can get in the way, but I still feel like more often than not it serves as very good peacock feathers right yeah two sides to every trait (laughs) i don't know yeah except attractiveness i feel like i think attractiveness can be i guess it can be like people can turn against you if you're so attractive yeah and i guess like it can be like dangerous maybe for women at least yeah fair Mm. it is interesting but at the same time it's like I feel like men probably just attracted to anything (laughs) (laughs) i'm right here god so i guess just being a woman in general is dangerous (laughs) god it it is so because regardless if you're attractive or not like you could probably be like extremely ugly and still get catcalled yeah i i must admit that baffles me and i like i don't know i think most of my friends who I have talked about something like this would agree I'm very picky Mm -hmm. and so it's very hard for me to empathize with (laughs) that perspective with the perspective of of like like, I would fuck anything okay okay I guess that's good (laughs) I like don't um yeah I mean like my default like view of most guys is that like they that's their yeah default way of thinking um and like it's so it's like interesting to me how like that's not a part of like how that's not a part of your experience is like people don't approach you or like Mm. cat call you yeah is like weird and it's also weird for me to like empathize with guys who feel that way feel cat called who no who feel like um 
just like anything everyone's attracted like oh like they're just attracted to anything yeah um because i don't think like that's how most girls feel yeah and so it's such a different like worldview and i again like to me it points to the evolutionary thing it's just depressing. I don't know. <laughs> like, have some standards. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, people. Yeah. Have you have you ever been hit on like in? Yeah. By woman. Yeah. Okay. I'm just I like I don't know I, I don't know if guys like are guys regularly. Uh. I. Th- yeah, I mean it depends on the settings. Okay. You're in. Okay. But yes. Okay. The I don't know, my best story, I was telling this the other day. I I feel like I got the whole like the whole quote unquote hot girl treatment. Okay. At the airport bar in <laughs> LA um like this summer. Okay. Actually, where it was like it was like a TV show scene. The girl like comes up and she starts by sitting two seats away from me mm-hmm. finds some excuse to sit in the seat next to me okay strikes up conversation um talks to me nonstop. okay for like how old is she 25 really i think yeah okay for like an hour wow and she is telling me like her whole life story <laughs> everything and this is part of why i feel like it's the whole hot girl treatment Mm -hmm. is because this is my idea of how guys uh, like approach women they like Mm -hmm. or that they're attracted to Mm -hmm. when they don't know them Mm -hmm. they just talk and talk and talk and so she just talked and talked and talked and eventually i was like i have to get up and go like change i had to change something for my yeah but in the back of the mind your mind you knew like that she was yeah 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 Yeah. okay (laughs) yeah um (laughs) <laughs> and then and then she paid for my drinks. Yeah. <laughs> um That's great. It was crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, she asked for my Instagram. She offered me a job at some point the in the conversation. Instagram. Yeah. Not and the job. Okay, yeah. okay. Offered me a yeah. Okay. Like the complete experience. Mm-hmm. I often wonder if or I I believe that it would happen more based on like being in a different location. Okay. I I expect fewer of those types of women are in Boston. Okay. <laughs> so LA is just your your place? Yeah, that's where I would live it the <laughs> fuck up. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. Have I ever been hit on by a woman? I'm just wondering because I don't know like so what I don't know what the like general uh uh perc- percentage is like forgot like do well it's also because you say hit on mm-hmm. I think approach is a different thing like guys can make the approach uh-huh. and then a woman will hit on them okay even, or like they'll be hitting on each other okay you know okay but generally the approach like the approach from women is so much less likely yeah 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But also, I can see myself being hard to approach. Okay. Because look at me, first of all. Uh-huh. But then second of all, because I think I pro- like, I think I'm often probably like pretty in those settings. Like I'll be pretty engaged in like with the people I'm with uh, in conversation. Right. Because you're not usually like alone. Exactly. And okay. when I'm thinking of approaching people, okay. that's definitely a big obstacle that I feel in my mind. Okay. That's something I forget to think about. Like if someone's approaching you or if you're going to approach someone, if uh, you're going to go hit on someone. I've never hit on someone before. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I ever will because I like to be approached, but I also don't like to be approached. Um, PSA. <laughs> Uh, I just don't um, think about how, like, being in a group can change that. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Especially, and I expect, like, I already, if I'm thinking of approaching someone, there's already so much going on in my head Mm -hmm. probably to, like, try to stop me from doing it. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine for a woman and then also the (laughs) excuse of, like, eventually not even like eventually seems like expecting it will take longer than it actually will someone is going to approach me like that excuse is going to be so clear in your head as a woman yeah okay especially when like it's the thought of approaching some random guy like all you have to go on is their looks Mm -hmm. so sure you can see a really good looking guy Mm -hmm. but you're gonna see others and others are going to come up to you right so (laughs) how can you really rationalize to yourself putting yourself out there like that yeah i think some girls like to do it maybe the minority i would expect do you think i would be approachable yeah but you would just be confusing okay to anyone who approached you why (laughs) because you would be very uh i was gonna say you would be very welcoming okay but maybe not to anyone okay I am pretty welcoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which and that would be the does problem. get, yeah. Yeah, we talked about this on the first podcast, too. Being approached? Kind of. Oh. Like you were talking about talking to guys at parties. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's another thing where I just feel like they're all hunting, though. So it's like, yes, you know, and then like, I think I talked about how I, I've let go of the responsibility of their Expectations. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, they're going to all expect. Of course. Like the same thing. Yeah. So, but that's also just my, n- uh, uh, skeptical view of like untrusting view yeah. of men in general. I feel like. I almost wonder if 
Like, like, would it be better? Because this happens not to express arrogance. Okay. But in the same situations where, like, someone is showing clear interest mm-hmm. and I don't reciprocate it. And so I'm getting uncomfortable because I start to overthink how I'm acting so as to not show any interest, to not give any cues. Okay. Would it, is it better to just say, hey, like, I am super down to keep talking to you, but I'm not interested in anything else? See, this is where I'm bad because I like it. That's the thing. You know that you are garnering the attention and the interest. Yeah. Which, oh my God, I can't believe it. I hate, like, talking about this. My sister gets so mad at me about it. So do I'm a lot of you so do right a lot now. of my friends. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. Because they're like, just be mean. But I think it's fun. Yeah. So And that's arguably more mean, so they should shouldn't have a problem with it. Right. It's not more mean. It's f- fun for everyone. Mm. Like f- flirting is fun. Yeah. So, sorry. But, well, I think I've seen anything is fun until you attach expectations to it. But I don't. You don't, but that doesn't (laughs) mean anything about them. That's not my, I mean, I guess it's a little bit my fault, but like not completely. Like it's not, I think my percentage of fault is small. Well, that's I guess that's that's my what point. everyone does like, like you in social s- situations my point is you could like you could eliminate any of that like inkling of, of guilt by just saying it but then it wouldn't be fun like but saying th- it like shuts people down yeah mm, feels manipulative mm. <laughs> but I hmm I just, yeah, I don't want to dig myself like <laughs> more of a hole. Yeah. Because I think it is one of um, the more annoying parts of <laughs> my uh, personality. Yeah. Um, I think especially like people listening will pro- are probably like, she's insufferable. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think I treat like I think I act that way with girls too are you what's that face do I not that's the face of skepticism really yeah not certain skepticism not certain doubt I should say but skepticism I don't want to think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to doctor in you saying much more. I don't know what the word is. Indicting. 
things. Like what? I don't know. That you want to make every man you meet fall in love with you and then break their hearts. I do. Mm. <laughs> See, now I don't have to doctor it. Right. Perfect. I'll, I will be more boring. I'm going to cut that out. I will be more boring mm. and mean and unapproachable. There and it is. yeah. Hooray! <laughs> I talked to my family about this whole doing nothing thing. Mm. Um, it was fine. It was an interesting conversation, but uh, I started thinking or wondering whether I like whether my skepticism when I talk to people mm. is like persistently invalidating. Okay. Cause when I, when I talk about getting to this level of like not wanting to do things that are influenced by other people, mm -hmm. then my family will start to posit like things they think they do that are not about other people yeah and you want to prove that it is about other people basically like almost just to make them understand where my mind goes yeah um i do i think you do have this um tendency of I think you find it hard to believe that your experience isn't also everyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time uh, you, like, that's your uh, goal in conversations is to prove to yourself that uh, what you feel is the same as someone else yeah not all the time though just sometimes mm. i think you catch yourself mm. yeah occasionally i feel it becoming too insufferable mm. I'm not, I'm trying to think about like, I guess how to analyze that in a way that is not defending myself. Hmm. 
I mean, it's it's just the desire to be understood. Yeah. 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 I might get too impassioned about it sometimes. It's okay. Thanks. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Not peppy enough. Next. You need like a gavel to bang on that the table. That wouldn't be very peppy though. It might be. I was almost a cheerleader in middle school. What happened? I didn't try out. Why? I don't know. So why were you almost one? Oh, uh, because I out? practiced for it and my friend and I were like, we're going to try out for the cheerleading team. Okay. And I didn't. I have nothing to say about that. I just think I probably would have been better with the pep if I if I had that training. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can just make you into a cheerleader now. I'm not sure I would like that. I think that'd be good. Like, I would much rather you sit on the side of activities we're doing and cheer us on no. rather than have you participate in them with us. I do like to operate on the periphery. Exactly. <laughs> but I think like the cheer part of it mm. would call too much attention to myself. Interesting. Hmm. Like it would defeat the purpose of being on the periphery. You would have to wear a uniform. So I don't yeah, again, like I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'll maybe a mascot. Do uh, have to, you can be voiceless. And I could cover like my face. Entire body. Yeah. That's better. It's more anonymous. Perfect. Mm-hmm. But still, I feel like that would call its own sort of attention to itself. So it would yeah. feel safer, but it would also still be uncomfortable. True. Mm. So unfortunately for you, I think I'm going to have to stay in the mix. Mm. Or I guess I could just go the route of blatant exclusion. I think other people would try to include me, though. That's where we disagree. I don't know. I think um, a lot of people like me. (laughs) So. Bold take. (laughs) Bold. Maybe. Audience, validate me. <laughs> you would include Audience, me. tear You would include me if you saw me excluded, right? Although, like, I'm like, high school says different. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there are years of evidence against. I know. I forgot about that. <laughs> Let's not try it. <laughs> I don't want to revert. I guess I can keep throwing you I don't want to revert. Yeah. That's something I was talking to my little sister Kylie about. I like asked her if she remembered when I lived with them. Um, and she said, not really. And she didn't, it was weird because she didn't know what like my, like what I was like or like what my high school experience was like, even though I was living there with them, which makes sense because she's, she was like a, a young child. Yeah. But it was like, we. it was just weird. 
Yeah. And she was like, oh. Did you like having like little kid siblings? I always thought I would want little kid. I would like little kid siblings. No, I didn't. They were terrors. Truly, genuinely terrible kids. That sucks. Really poorly behaved. They're fine now. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, besides you know regular growing pains and like trauma yeah (laughs) but uh no i didn't and also i was so self-consumed um that i just didn't i didn't think about any of my siblings interesting like in my own despair of course Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't think to imagine it was anything else Uh (laughs) i didn't think i was like great (laughs) the opposite with the incredible life um yeah i don't really remember like how we interacted okay Um, yeah that was just interesting to me i liked talking to them this time around Mm -hmm. yeah as real people Mm -hmm. i assume you don't really like talk to them on the phone much my um not older sister, but like older younger sister, Lindsay, who's yeah. a year younger than me. Um, we tried to set up like weekly like sibling FaceTimes. Nice. To try and bond more with them and yeah. like be like an older sibling um presence for them. But that kind of fell through. Lindsay's much, 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 much closer to them. Makes sense right yeah okay because she's she has more of like a caretaker personality um and is just closer to that side of the family in general yeah both emotionally um and in proximity does that hurt um no it just it just confirms like suspicions of being other Mm. um, that I just feel generally like in the world. And so it's, it's, it is um, weird to have it like confirmed by your family. Mm. They're right. That would be weird, though. Not super supportive. They're supportive. Yeah, I know. Not ex- I'm. They're not expressly not supportive. It's right. Just that but they are they expressly. Yeah, they yeah. do expressly have that perspective. Not yeah. in a derogatory way at all, mm-hmm. but it is. Um, just it is yeah um, weird because also i try not to have that perspective um like i i try to tell myself like my experience can't really be that different from Mm. other people's like i can't really be that different from other people um but at the same time like 
when I'm hearing that's see that's what I'm telling myself about you when we're in conversation is what her experience can't be that right 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 yeah sorry no (laughs) that's it (laughs) okay do you think I'm funny um generally yes like I think I laugh at things that you say but I don't think that I would describe you as funny as one of the main traits yeah that makes sense just based on our interactions (laughs) why I don't laugh yet you know well yes but also (laughs) uh no it would make sense that other things take precedence Mm. And you're definitely not one of the people that I'm funniest around. Good. Because you're a terrible audience. Am I really? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying whatever I want to say. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I can't tell how I react. Or like, that's one of the things I can't measure. Like, I don't know, like, how it compares to other people. Mm. I, maybe, I don't know. It's weird. Some some people, I don't, see, I don't want to seriously say you're a bad audience. Why? Because that's mean. I don't feel that way, though. Like, I don't feel like I would be offended by that. <laughs> okay. I guess, no, I would say some people, um kind of i feel like more naturally riff okay i feel like like for you usually i put a one-liner like a zinger out there and i just and then you'll like laugh a little bit but it doesn't build yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah sometimes i just don't feel like playing the game i feel like you never do (laughs) you're you're no fun (laughs) i am (laughs) okay (laughs) Ask a random guy at a party. Oh, yeah. Will, will he say you're hilarious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that makes me feel way worse. Why? Because <laughs> you won't have fun with me, but you'll have fun with some <laughs> rando. No, I that that's the thing is like it's not true, but he'll say it's true. He'll say you're funny. Yeah. Just just because. This is why you're not funny. (laughs) (laughs) What would you want to burn in here out of anything that is in this room? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up (laughs) with this really bullshit. It's not the point. I'm just, I'm trying to That's riff. what ends the riff. I'm trying that's, to riff. <laughs> that's what ends the riff. <laughs> no, because I'm setting you up to like continue it. You're Mr. How do you, f- you're Mr. Funny Guy. How do you keep going off of really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, I'd rather I, bring your family in here and burn them. 
Uh, <laughs> wow. Really? Shut <laughs> up. My, I'm going to plead the fifth and say that I didn't have the necessary socialization. Um, oh, we're going back to this. Mm-hmm, okay. To riff. Perfect. So that's my excuse. Maybe I can find like a master class for you. Of how to interact with people. Mm. That would probably be good. Maybe then, but then maybe, do you think I'd be better? More boring though. I feel like hopefully the point would be to not make you more boring. I'm skeptical. Why? Because you think you would just now be reading off of lines that the class had put into your head? Yeah. I mean, if you've started from the bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Really? See, there's no... I think... You didn't ask that. I think I made the point. Okay. Really? 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 No. Unfortunately. Really? Now I'm just getting sad. Why? Maybe sad isn't the right word. Deflated. You're sucking the energy out of me. Maybe we should end it. Okay. (laughs) What are your... No, you have to have parting words. You can't just end it. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Please don't... I feel like I got a little bit... uh, No, I'm not going to apologize for myself. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I'm sorry for Mackenzie. (laughs)